just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart convenience stores conveniently located all across southern middle Tennessee and north Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Antonio Basilio in the hunt, and in the mix, and in the mix, and in the hunt with you. John Adams is joining today from Nashville, uh, home of uh, SEC Media Days. John, on the spot, you felt the need to go, John, and be down a part of that, huh? So I welcome you in. John, it's great to have you on, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Uh, no, I I was uh, fortunate I didn't have to attend that event this year. <laughs> I've been to, gosh, I've been to, I've only missed a couple in the last thirty five years or so. Do you feel naked as the day you were born, having not gone to that? Uh, no, not at all. It's. Uh, Are you missing anything, having it, not gone it, to that? It's kind of an odd event, and, and what it's become is really, it's an SEC Network show, and the. All the media attending are pretty much props. You just uh, you, they show the the wide angle shot mm-hmm. of the media room and see all the mm-hmm. media types there. The writers you got Radio Row, uh, and it's uh, it, it used to be many. It's been a while, but it used to be you could get a coach out to a side sometimes of 
a few reporters could and, and talk to him, but there's none of that stuff going on now. It's all on stage, and uh, same way with the players, it's on stage, and uh, and you still there's still kind of a rather large covey of writers around, even the individual players. Yep. Uh, I can remember one time when remember Matt Jones at the uh, that was quarterback for Arkansas, very oh, yeah. athletic guy, mm-hmm. became a receiver in the NFL, like mm-hmm. for the Jaguars. Uh, I remember uh, Houston Nutt was the coach, and when he was up there at the dais, he was talking about how Matt Jones was such a different player now. How when he first started, he really didn't learn the playbook that well. You know, he was just getting by on his athleticism, but he was really dedicated to to uh, becoming a an all around quarterback. And uh, so uh, afterwards, I. Uh, he was over there, Matt Jones. There was just another writer there. We were mm-hmm. talking to him so you could go back and forth with questions and answers. And I asked Matt, I said, well, Coach Nutt said that you're the more complete quarterback now, that you've really gotten into the playoff, playbook stuff. And Matt Jones goes, he kind of laughs and goes, man, I never look at that playbook. <laughs> God. He just contradicted everything Houston knows. Basically, he was saying, no, man, I just play. <laughs> I just go out and play the game, man. Yeah, and that guy could play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could really run. He was like 6'4 and had those long strides. Great athlete. When you're, when you're, meter guy. When you're a 100-meter guy. When you're a, um, a quarterback somewhere else, then you go to the NFL and you become a wide receiver among those world-class athletes, oh. you can play. Let's, um, without further ado... I want to throw the listener a curveball because I have a gentleman standing by. I want to help him get the word out on his event. Son of Frage over at Tennessee. Longtime mainstay. Legend. His son, Brandon, a.k.a. Psycho B. The question is, who will answer the Frazier Boys open challenge? It's part of Joe Kazana Productions on Saturday night. I'm going to make you uh, laugh and giggle here a little bit and entertain you. Because that's what we do on here. Psycho B. Brandon, how you doing on the TLD Logistics Hotline? How you doing, brother? Doing good, Tony. How are you? Well, talk to me here. Who's going to challenge you? Have you heard yet? No, I had not heard yet. Uh, but, you know, uh, the Frazier boys are going into their old uh, stomping grounds there at Carnotopsville Gymnasium. And uh, whoever uh, steps up for the challenge is uh, going to be taken down in the uh, Beaver Dam on uh, Saturday night. Well, they better think twice. Because oh, yeah, I'm looking at your, I'm looking at you. Now I'm looking at your brother over there, and your brother quite uh, cuts quite an imposing figure. Looking at him, yes, he does. You know, I've been in the ring uh, with him, but it's been on the other side. Uh, when we first started, we were originally together, and then uh, so we decided this been his cards to uh, get back together. Why not, right? Tell me about the card. Um, they're on the card. We're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of NWA superstars and, uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, championship matches that night as well as a, uh, main event battle Royal. Uh, Brandon, it's uh, John Adams here, Brandon, John Adams. Yeah, Brandon, I hadn't watched a lot of pro wrestling, but what has always amazed me about the things they, they have to do in the ring, the, the physical exertion, um, the the drills they perform, 
What kind of training? What kind of training regimen do you have to get ready for these events? You just uh, you have first and foremost, you have to have uh, your stamina and cardio, and you know that. I mean, that's just what I would normally do. Is I'll not even, like not even get on a treadmill. I'll just go out, uh, walk and run, and then you. Uh, from the other standpoint, on the ring side, you have to get in the ring, and you have to, you know, be at like run the ropes back and forth. You go from corner to corner, and then. From back and forth each row and I mean just getting your spot like that it's, it's a totally different stamina than uh, like what you would think about like in another athlete like you know like being in the ring it's a total I mean and, and guys that aren't averse like if you took uh, Brian Hartman for instance my, my, my cohort all these years and put him in the ring he'd blow up at the 30 seconds oh yeah he thinks he's in shape he thinks he's in shape because he goes to the gym and does uh Whatever that cycling thing, spin class. What do you call that thing, Brian? You do the spin. What do you call that thing? Spin. You think you're in condition? Spinning, cycling. You think you could go with Psycho B, Brian? You'd blow up it for thirty seconds if you got in the ring with Psycho B. I want to know if uh, Euros Plastics is going to be there. Yeah, would you teach it to Euros? Do you think Euros could be a, a good pro wrestler, Psycho B? Uh, he's definitely got the attitude for it. That's for sure. No question. So, Psycho B, tell me, uh, John Adams has one more question. I want you to get bell time in here and how folks can get there. Go ahead. Yeah, Brandon, how, how did you decide on Psycho? I love the nickname. How did you decide on that nickname? Uh, well, uh, my first name is Brandon. When I was growing up, everybody called me Big B. And then, I, you know, I got thinking, well, Big B. And I was like, no, that's not a good wrestling name. So I came up with, I came up with Psycho B because uh, my in, like, ring demeanor is uh, – I'm, I'm a baby face, but my in-ring demeanor is, I mean, I get in there and I'm just psyched, like I'm just psyched. I go, I mean, I go crazy on my opponent. Psycho oh, I, B. I feel sorry for your opponent. Bell time and all that. And, again, your brother looks very scary. It's like a young Phil Williams. Uh, bell time is uh, 7 o'clock, and you can uh, purchase tickets. They're uh, $10 up the door, and it is at the Carnes High School gym. I find you to be a gentleman and a scholar. My best to you, your family, and the entire Tennessee family. And I know you will represent with the greatest of ease. Anything else you'd care to add? Uh, Saturday night over at the Carnes High School gym. Well, that's it. Just come out, and uh, it's for the Carnes football team. Come out yep. and support it. I mean, what else is there better to do on a Saturday night in Knoxville, Tennessee than come out to uh, a great wrestling event? There's no question, the sport of kings in the city of champions, uh, it is unlike any other. Uh, this this town was, we built this city on rock and roll. We built this city on pro wrestling back in the day. And Kazana, is that relate? Is that gentleman related to John Kazana from back in the day? Yes, that is John's grandson. What? Yes. You're in the presence of an absolute royalty, legend, legend, royalty, my friend. Yes, sir. I have a doc good and good talking to you. Good luck with your event Saturday night. All right. Thanks, honey. So it's a fundraiser for our friends over at Carnes, and I wanted to give him uh, an opportunity to get the word out because that's what we do here. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. John, this... Um, SEC Media Days so far, we've learned a few things. We've learned that Jimbo isn't necessarily going to play nice with his offensive coordinator. He was asked 
how much of the offense is he going to get to call? And the answer was, don't ask me that question, which is always a good sign when that's the question in August, when that's your answer in August. Uh, today, Tennessee will go. We're not expecting much. Nick Saban likes carrot cake. We learned yesterday. Alabama's being picked for 11.2 wins on the year. I asked the living listener yesterday how you arrive at that. I'm not quite sure. You make a really good point about the longer time has gone on. Today used to be a writer-centric deal down there, and now it's a now it's a TV show and it's a TV spectacle. And they're going to take it to Dallas next year and show everybody how big the league is. And that is essentially what it is. The writers are now there as props because you're not going to get any stories out of that. You're just not. No, it's uh, it's a different become a much different event than it was initially. It's uh, and I always liked having uh, Radio Row there. Mm-hmm. I think that you know because I've been there as part of the radio group too, and it's. Uh, it's kind of fun, and you see all these people. Um, and I always liked it when it was in Hoover, yep. because you you got all those Alabama fans, and you got fans from around there, and and it's a big event mm-hmm. for Hoover, Alabama. Mm-hmm. In, in Nashville, I mean, there there are more people inter- interested in a bachelorette party, and and there was uh, construction going around at the media hotel, so it's very difficult for media types to get there to to the to the media hotel and, and then you look at uh when it was in La- atlanta it just wasn't run as well uh but they're obviously going to shop it around and they'll probably have it in uh i guess in florida at some point um but it's uh if you watch it now and and i watched a lot of it monday mm-hmm. it's uh when the coach is up there on the set with uh, the talking heads from the SEC network, and I say that with great respect. Uh, some of those guys are pretty good. And you get more information in those interviews than you do when they're on up there at the lectern and they're addressing a large room of media people. It, it's You get more out of it when they... You get more out of it when Eli Drinkowitz is talking to Paul Feinbaum one-on-one on their show and then you do when he's up there at the lectern. And and as you said, it's a TV show now. It's the SEC Network's TV show. It's uh, Paul Feinbaum. He's he's on a good portion of the time because that's his time slot. And uh, that's just how it goes. I think uh, Adam Sparks, uh, who's done such a terrific job on this NCA investigation, broken all these stories and yep. gone through just uh, thousands of emails, very tedious work. Uh, has done a terrific job on that. Adam is uh, he'll he'll of course be there today with uh, since Josh Heupel is it's his turn on stage, but he also he he told me he would be on Feinbaum's show uh, later today, uh, maybe around five or six Eastern time. Um, so. Uh, Joe Milton's going to be, be on there as well. Joe Milton's going to be on. I mean, today's Tennessee's day, and today today's going to be a Tennessee takeover down there. It's the final day of the deal. And, and we'll kick this around as well in terms of what we feel like the media there is going to vote in terms of 
first, second, third in the West. This is your final year of divisions. Really, this is the final year of this iteration of college football until we get to something that makes it a completely different sport next year. And Tennessee, is a week, a week or so ago, um, got the word that they had avoided postseason ban, and it's away you go. I wrote today in the blog, and by the way, Mike Matthews <clears throat> committed to Tennessee last night as expected, and I watched his commitment on the uh, On3 network last night, and he looks like a really delightful young man. X today wrote a great piece about him over on the blog today at tclub.team if you want to check that out. Tennessee lands a five-star receiver who's physically gifted, and out of his mouth, he said, look, I'm this is the kind of guy I want. Now, it's one thing to say this and another thing to mean it, but it looked like he meant it because he looked like a kid. He had his family around him last night. looked like a raised well young man, the way he comported himself during his moment. Before he did anything, he thanked everybody in that room. I thank you for doing this. I thank you for doing it. It's a big, big moment for those guys. And Matt Dixon, your thoughts on Tennessee landing a five-star wide receiver to go with Nico for future years. Mike Matthews, they pull him away from Georgia. I saw Matt Dixon in my room. I guess he's not. Adams, that's a big deal, yes? When you start getting guys out of Georgia, that kind of skill and uh, number 14 player in America, big deal. Well, it's it's a big deal on, on two different levels. For one, you're getting a, a guy out of Georgia. Yep. And I realize Georgia can't sign everybody in Georgia. I mean, they, they can recruit nationally now. They are the program in college football. But when you're recruiting a guy out of Georgia, a player of this this caliber who's a five-star, you're butting heads with, with all the top schools in the country. I'm sure, You know, Southern Cal, Ohio State, Alabama. It's not like you're just trying to beat out Georgia. So, yeah, that's quite a quite a coup for Tennessee. Um, the, the other factor is when we look at what Josh Heupel's done, his team has averaged in two seasons over 40 points a game. Wow. And look at the talent level. Go back to that first season, 2021, we had a depleted roster. Mm. <clears throat> what he did with that offense, a transitional year, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, a team is going having to, having to uh, assimilate a completely different offense than what it's accustomed to. I don't remember the name of the offense Jeremy Pruitt was running. Um, Chuck maybe and Duck. Mad, the, Mad, Chuck, Mad Scram- the Chuck huh? and Duck. Oh, I was thinking Mad Scramble. Uh, but anyway, it that transition went so well, which tells me Pruitt and his staff are good teachers. So now, but see, the longer he's here, yep. you're going to see him get bigger name recruits. Yep. I mean, he was he's just getting started. As well as he's done, it's important to remember he's just getting started here and laying the foundation for his program. Uh, he won't say that because now there's no such thing as a, a rebuilding job. You just expect it to come in and win, and the transfer portal helps with that, certainly. But he's he's getting... Yeah, I think you'll gradually see him getting more and more of these kind of highly rated players. What wide receiver wouldn't want to play in this system? Just show them a, a highlight video of uh, we only need one game. 
show Jalen Hyatt against Tut. Alabama, with, whose two safeties both got drafted, and, and this guy, so he's always open. They're always open. Does this increase the chances they get Amari Jefferson, or do you think it might? No, I think it. I think it helps their chances. I do too. Yeah, they feel and, really good about him. By well, the they way. get how many of these next three that they have that are talking about? Edwin well, Stillman, I, I don't want to say that. Get all three. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say that out loud because then people are going to run the boards. They feel pretty good about all those guys, really, behind the scenes. So, we'll see. Well, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm really curious what this offense could look like eventually. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to think it could be any better. You but get a dynamic guy out there, the, like yeah. You get a dynamic guy like Nico, who yeah. has incredible wheels, John, to extend yeah. plays on top of everything else. Think about how good they could be. Think about well, what they could look like. I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching uh, Squirrel White. I always want to call him Pig White because yep. of Pig Prather at Mississippi State years yes, ago. Yes, yes. But I'm really Pig Howard. Pig, yeah. Pig Goff. There, there are more pigs and squirrels in SEC football lore. You can, uh, I feel pretty and there confident was a, saying that. There was a bug that played over at North Carolina. Bug time. Howard, who plays in the USFL. Was he kin to Pig Howard? No, I just think he's a bug. Okay. Well, I, was, I just was he squashed like a bug? <laughs> I think we've gone as far as we can with Brian Chumpy Sharks. Squirrel, squirrel, white. I think that guy will be dynamic this yeah. year. I know Brute McCoy goes into the season as a leading receiver. Uh, I know uh, Ramel Keaton uh, has gotten better and better. He's, he's, he has become more familiar with this system. He, mm-hmm. he didn't excel right away, but he's made some really big catches for Tennessee. Uh, so I just think that that group is going to be really good together. But I just really think Squirrel White it's going to make some big-time plays, get that guy in the open field. So, yeah, it's like uh, things are – Tennessee's offense is rolling, and its recruiting is rolling right now. And Dante Thornton from Oregon's another guy that has transferred in, and they like him, and we'll see what happens. And then you've got the, the Selden kid who's a terrific athlete. And, I mean, they, I'm telling you, Tennessee somehow – and, John, that's one thing I want to ask you about the state of the media. Media is really interesting right now because as we watch this transition in college football, it go from this to that. The, the transformation in the media is kind of the same thing. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution back in the day, I, I got to say, when Kirby Smart did his thing last week and they asked for that retraction and that apology, I was laughing at it on here. You weren't. I was laughing at it. You weren't laughing. And and then I watched the conduct of some of these national people that cover um, college football who are very, very upset. It's a personal affront to them, John, that Tennessee gets to come out of this thing not only in one piece, but less than five days after they got cleared by the NCAA, they get a five-star guy. And X writes, as Brian was talking about today in that article, there's four more guys, three or four more, whatever the number is. And they're expecting to get their fair share of these people. 
This infuriates these national media types, John, who have become somehow, they've jumped into becoming a part of the story. Instead of reporting on, it's almost like, you know, we said Psycho B on, right? It's almost like believing your gimmick. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I'm Psycho B. I'm going to go into Target today and act like a psycho. See how long that works till to, to, to uh, they put you in handcuffs. And so you've got that aspect. And then you've got this thing at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which I'm going to read you a little distillation here that, for the uninitiated, because people see this stuff, and that the other thing is, in our world today, we're all just so busy, and we have all of all this. It doesn't matter what your jam is, if it's sports, if it's this, if it's politics, if whatever it is, we have all this information just flying at us now, at warp speed. Whereas before, you had a newspaper, you read it. That was that. Everybody was kind of reading off the same songbook, and now it's splintered and it's fractured. But you have a, you have a, almost a um, environment now where nobody believes in anything anymore. They don't believe what they read. And then in the midst of all that, this AJ thing, AJC thing happens. And I want to ask you this: Here's what happened. So they wrote a story about the um, about the situation that's going on down there. And this is from Matt Hayes. Matt Hayes distilled it down, who covers college football. He's down at the SEC meetings. I know a guy you know from his old sporting news days. He said, here's, here's, what, here's what was his read on it. He's a pretty smart guy. I linked to this on my blog today so people can go look at it and just kind of get a feel for what happened with that Georgia story. This is a good distillation of it. He said, AJC editors could not substantiate one of the article's key assertions that under Kirby Smart, precisely 11 players remained with the team after women reported violent encounters. So they go back to the AJC and they say, okay, you wrote that. Which 11 players? That's obviously what happened. I, I want to know. Or if you can't produce the 11 players, you're going to apologize to us. So one of the other things going to happen. Second thing. The article, he goes on to say, joined two statements a detective made minutes apart into a single quotation. Now, I'll say this. When I'm doing recaps of things that guests say on here, I do that on my blog. But I'm not doing investigative reporting. I'm talking about a game story for the San Antonio, this uh, UTSA. I was working on something last night that I might put in there tomorrow, a write-up on them. And the guy at various times is jumping around. He talks about the defense over here, and then he gives the offense, and he talks about the secondary. And I might join two things, just to, but I'm not trying to color something in an investigative report. So, John, I want to ask you, is, is what's going on in American media today that we see an understaffing issue? Like, how does something like that get in a newspaper – and we've seen it with the New York Times as well, several times. They've had several people get fired for making stuff up. But it happens all over the place. In your day, it se- I'm not going to speak to, I don't know. It seems like there was more layers before something got, to the, got, got published versus today. 
Tony, when I'll just use our papers as an example, uh, the new Sentinel. Uh, I can remember when we had a 19-person sports department, and uh, now we have five or six, depending on how you want to. Some of these people don't actually write specifically for the new Sentinel, but we got about, I guess, five or six uh, sports writers, uh, and and the editing process completely different. Uh, you go in our newsroom, probably had between 125 and 130 people. Now I guess we have about 25. Think about that. You talk about layers. They, there can't be the same layers. I mean, newspapers are nowhere near as staffed as they once were, and so you don't have as many people looking at a story. When you have a story like uh, what the Atlanta paper did, I remember when I was in Pittsburgh, uh, I covered the Steelers, but in the offseason I did some uh, what we call takeout pieces or they call long form today. Uh, a lot of reporting had to be done on it. Some of it was pretty serious stuff about a boxer who died in a ring. And, and I can remember, gosh, three or four people in our department read that story. And then it went to an editor who was over special projects. After all these people, are, and these are sharp guys. These are very experienced, talented people, good with words. So they read all read my story, all raised questions, all had me check things. Then after all that, it went to like our special projects editor, and he read it. So your, your story often got picked apart too much on many occasions, but when it's something as serious as when you're making an allegation and when you're saying 11, there were 11 incidents or something like this of a, of a crime, basically, you better have some sharp people looking at that and you better be questioning your reporter. Like 11 guys, they said, John, 11 yeah. remained with the team after violent encounters reported and, and probably, who knows, the number might have been 8, 9, 7, who knows. But, but, but Kirby but Smart it knew it wasn't 11. He knew it wasn't eleven. That's the point. I, I know. And yeah. see, and, and when I when I read that, uh, it, it raised a red flag with me before any of this happened. I, I just you throw out a number like that. Yep. And uh, and I know how, how newspapers are everywhere. We've done a uh, Adam Sparks has been the point man on our coverage of this NCA, all these NCA sanctions and reporting, and he's gone through. All these uh, thousands of emails uh, in, in, in writing a series of stories. It seems like he's written about 15 stories. He's still got some more uh, good stories in the channel because I, I've seen what they are. Uh, really interesting stuff. And it's and, and Adam is, is, is one of the most talented sports writers in the country. And he's really good reporter. He's really thorough. He's experienced. He's done things before like this. He knows how to go about it. He knows how meticulous you need to be. And that plays to his strengths, and he's very good at this. However, now we don't have the layer. They're not going to all these people to look at it. But our editor, Joel Christopher, is a very good editor. And when I say not just at, in an administrative role in running a, a newsroom, he, he's good at looking at stories and, and raising questions. He's inquisitive about them. So he's reading Adam's stuff. He's reading a lot of this stuff. So, And as a reporter, if I'm writing these kind of stories, I want somebody like that reading them. I want somebody raising questions because you, you're you human. You're going to miss some things. 
And you you got to have everything nailed down before you publish something like that. And I don't think uh, the AJC had it nailed down. Well, you're, I'm going to brag on you. I'm going to brag on John last week when this thing first came to light. That they, it was like, a, it took them like six days basically to get an apology. John said on here when I dropped this on his, he said, Tony, there's something wrong with that story. And, and they're going to apologize. That was your prediction. The other thing you said, which is really interesting, in my day and age, we could do hard hitting reporting on these teams in these towns and get away with it. Doesn't even hurt you financially. Because you're subscription-based, you're advertiser-based. And the advertising, I mean, pick up a Sunday paper now compared to those of us who were alive in the 70s and 80s. The Sunday paper in the 70s and 80s, you could literally use as a deadly weapon. You could smash somebody over the head with it. It weighed a couple pounds. (laughs) And now you pick it up and, you know, it's like swinging swinging around a Time magazine. I mean, it's just, just not, you know, it's just not... Because you don't have all those ads in it. And trust me, I'm in the ad business. Okay? People say to me sometimes, Tony, you're too much advertising on your show. You know what I say to you? Thank you. Thank you. That's a great observation. Uh, John, you knew last week that this thing was troubling. Was it the 11? Is that the thing that kind of uh, tripped you? Because they didn't need, John, if it was five the story would have still been heinous if it was four, three. But the, what, what, what tripped you into thinking, hey, this thing or something wrong with this deal? I don't, I don't know. Just the number stood out to me, uh, just to throw a number out like that. And also because I know um, how these things work now. And uh, newspapers... Um, the the newsroom is not as experienced in general as it once was. Uh, and you have a lot of younger reporters, some of them very talented. Unfortunately, they don't get the guidance they once did. Mm. And because there are not that many editors, our editing staff has been obliterated pretty much. You just don't have that many editors. It's like when you're writing for, you're not, it's not like you're writing for a website, but it's similar when you're just writing for just your website and you write the story and you might put that story up. I don't know how many people are going to read it right before to, to check. I mean, you need, you're going to miss things. It's really hard to catch your own mistakes when you're, when you're writing it and you're reading it yourself because in your mind's eye, you know what it's supposed to be the word it's supposed to be there. But see, this is different. This isn't a typo. You're dealing with something very seriously. I remember when I was in Baton Rouge, this is, uh, first went to this early 80s, and we did an investigative piece on a, how much the basketball team spent on a trip to Las Vegas. And went out there and played UNLV. And they were up there for, I don't know, two or three days. And it was just amazing in that era, the prices and how much money was spent. And we got all the records, all the hotel records, and broke all this stuff down. But I wasn't working on that by myself. Our number one investigative reporter, who at the time was probably about uh, 55, he was 20-something years older than I was. He had a lot of experience. That's all he did were investigative-type stories. Mm -hmm. So he's working with me on this. And I know all the players involved, and and I mean coaches and players, administrative types, and Mm -hmm. they have a good understanding of what 
of what went on. But his name was Adams, too, is Gibbs Adams. But he was really, you know, he was so good at checking things. And, and because of his experience, that experience really matters in stuff like this. And you've got to look at everything with a critical eye. And I don't think there are many, that many people with his ability now in newsrooms. There's some, but there were a lot back in the day and back in, yeah. you know, 40 years ago. And this is all forms of jur- flourishing. All huh? forms of journalism. Yeah. Yes. Because, and that's why, that's why there's an erosion of trust. Some people say, well, it started with, you know, erosion of trust in institutions started with Watergate in our country or the Kennedy assassination or whatever. But it's, 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 it's way eroded since then. People are so much more leery of things they see. Oh, yeah. And I think the Internet has contributed to that so much yeah. and social media because people are reading these things and all kind of, it all kind of morphs together. I agree. Where, you know, you don't, you may be reading a story by this uh, veteran reporter with the New York Post or the Washington Post or wherever, or you might be reading it from somebody just... Uh, Brian Rice. <laughs> right. You uh, might be reading with somebody that has no no real journalistic background. Matt, yeah. Matt Dixon, are you comfortable with how I slid that in there? Are you... Um, We'll see if Matt Jay's comfortable. Matt Jay's on assignment right now. He must be. Yeah, he's on. I see his name up yeah, here. Yeah, his I... his tongue is tied, so to speak. Oh, one okay. could say he's in a chair with the gentleman who did yesterday's show with me. Is he one, having dental work done? One could almost make the case that he's in our room, yet not with us. Might be under the influence of something that makes you laugh. Gaseous substance. Dental work. John, does laughing, uh, Brian, does laughing gas bother you? And what do they call that laughing gas? What is this? What is that stuff? Uh, it's called. Um, why is it slipping my mind? I've out? never really needed gas to laugh, though. Interesting. But uh, Brian's um, in a mood today. Is, is, is um, do you think that maybe Dano has muzzled Dixie? You know, John. Um, Dan Wilkin. I got to get back to where we were here, which is um, I want to ask you this: Are there people in the media that are bothered that Tennessee's come out of this thing unscathed? There seems to be a pack of people down through the years that really believed in the NCAA, John. And I think I that was, builds distrust. I was not one of those. I was no, you were never one. People. No, I knew no. you thirty years ago. You and I used to talk about what a char- the charade it was. It was always been a charade. But these guys, Dennis Dodd is one of them. He wrote a piece the other day how it's just like heinous that Tennessee's gotten away with this. And then there's a guy, um, the 40 guy. Brian, what was that text you sent me or a tweet that somebody put out on the Pat 40 guy where somebody said, I said something to Pat 40 uh, down here in music, uh, Radio Row. And 40's like response to the guy and says, come back and say it to my face. I mean, like, what are we doing? <laughs> what, what are, what, it was a Tennessee fan. It's like personal with him. Like, what, just how do they get, him. how do they get there, John? How do those guys get to that point? Quit, quit well, interacting with him. Is it social media? Is that what this is? 
Well, that's part of it, you know, and, and when you engage in social media, you got to take the good with the bad. You are promoting your brand, mm -hmm. but you're also leave, leaving yourself wide open to to people throwing javelins your way. You you have to accept that. But but I think what we have is you you we've talked about this before, but you have college football writers and and their job. My job is to provide commentary, just kind of like you do. Mm -hmm. You do it mostly. You do it in your blog, but mostly you do it on air. My job is to provide commentary. I'm not breaking stories in my column. I'm not breaking news. Uh, that's pretty much the columnist's role. Uh, however, when you're a college football writer and you are writing opinionated pieces, but you're also getting scoops, uh, to use an old term. Uh, and so you're reliant on sources. And those sources, if you're writing a story about the NCA, your source is probably an NCA insider. Are you writing stories about uh, coaches? Uh, you're, you're also your sources are, are usually agents. Uh, I never, <clears throat> excuse me, early in my career, I figured out I just didn't want to go that route because I didn't want to be uh, – dependent on people i'd rather write my opinion and and not necessarily get break news or have like an insider type column where i'm because then when you do that you're, you're kind of at the mercy of other people and so what if things turn out and one of those people you relied on for source material suddenly becomes the the bad guy can you rip them probably not and I, I think so. I, I mean, but these guys are in a different position. It's a difficult position. They're expected to break stories, uh, national stories. So they're going to have a, a group of ADs, a group of agents, and maybe somebody inside the NCA that's going to be helpful to them. But you're then dependent on those sources. So that can become very tedious. And Tennessee's fan base wears people out. That's also reality. Well, but all these fan yeah, bases I, wear people out. All the, yeah. But these guys will tell me, hey, your fan base, and they'll say to me, you stare them all up. And I'll go, no, no. I had a uh, – who was it, Brian, we had on after the Shiano thing? It was Woken, right? And we had a discussion on here, and I said, man, he's blaming our – he's blaming – the fans over that whole Shiano thing, right? And I'm like, dude, he should have never been – I mean, nobody else considered hiring him. He got the Rutgers job back. That's as close to being on the ends of the earth in Division One football as you could possibly get. I mean, that's – what in – look at it. But, no, he was going to get the Tennessee job. It's just an interesting spot that we're in because I want to ask this when we continue, and then I want to get some calls in. First of all, how's the media going to break uh, when we see the vote later on today on this deal? Uh, where will the Vols be voted? How will the West shake out? We already know Georgia's going to be num the number one in the East. That's kind of boring. Their schedule's a joke. Kirby said, it'll come play it. You think it's so easy, you come play. Hey, That's hey, a good hey, hey, Kirby, I'd love to come play it with your talent. I could have Brian Hartman and Matt Dixon as my coordinators, and we go out and win games against your schedule. 
with well, your Tony, talent. it's actually more challenging than you think. A weaker schedule. When you look at what Georgia did last season, its best games were against the best teams. They fell asleep during the week. Links. They fell asleep against Missouri, had, yeah. and they woke up just in time. Oh yeah, they they could have beat. You think they couldn't beat have beaten Missouri by the same margin they did TCU? Well, that's the point. They could go. They're so good. They could literally play like a D minus game against Missouri and still win easily in the fourth quarter. That's who they are. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. That's why I could coach Brian Hartman, offensive coordinator, Matt Dixon, defensive coordinator. We're going to come back. Here's my question for you. Where, what's the voting going to look like um, for the league when they announce it later on? Second question is, will the guys present with me here join me in saying, let's let bygones be bygones of Pruitt. I, I say, the more I think about the Pruitt deal, I say let's continue having Butch Jones as a source of amusement, bemusement, besmirching. He's a punk and a clown. Derek Dooley's always going to have a special spot in Valor. You know, you look at Jeremy Pruitt, the more stuff, and I'm going to talk about the more stuff Adam Sparks releases, the more stuff, the more I think. And there's more coming, too. And the more I think to myself about him, that guy should have never been there. That guy should have never been there. And you know what? It's not his fault he was there. It is not his fault. We're going to come back on the other side. I'm going to ask John and Brian if they'll join me in that. And maybe Matt, if um, if it wears off by then, as we continue on the other side, it's your Basilio show, a Thursday after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. 
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. July is Beef Month in Tennessee, recognizing one of the state's largest and most important industries. Our state's 37,000 cattle producers are contributing to the state's economy, conserving natural resources, and providing a high-quality protein for people to enjoy. The Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our beef farmers for their commitment to producing a healthy and sustainable food choice. Beef is a good source of 10 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, iron, and zinc. Join us in celebrating July Beef Month in Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Back on a Thursday, John Adams in the house. Pretty stormy day here in East Tennessee, rather electric day. My dog is by my feet. My dog is not a big fan of storms, as many aren't. This is the lowest point in our house, and uh, dog loves the studio because it's nice and cool. Usually it's dark in here. She'd come down here and hang out and get away from it all. The SEC is going to announce who's where, who's what, where, and how. John, what is the Southeastern Conference when the media votes? What are they going to say? And then we'll go to the phones. Uh, Pick the East for me. What's the East going to look like? Okay, George is a no-brainer. I mean, anybody in the media could do it. We talked earlier about maybe the media standards aren't as high as they once were. I think anybody in the media is astute enough to pick Georgia. Right. I think a few will pick Tennessee uh, because it's playing in Georgia at home, and uh, some of them have a an affinity for the Vols. Um, so I would, Tennessee would be should be as a surefire second as Georgia is a number one. Then it's the, after that, it's where it gets kind of murky. 
I would go with South Carolina because that memory of what it did to Tennessee last year kind of looms large in, in my thinking because it does have a good quarterback, and that matters more than ever now. Uh, so I would have South Carolina third probably. And, and I think the media will probably – there will still be – some people will pick Florida third yep. because of its image. Yep. Florida just was so good for so long, but it's not that anymore. It's not Florida. It's Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer aren't there. Billy Napier is. I'm queuing you up for a what, Tony? Billy well, Napier. Well, Matt Dixon's here now. Matt like Matt calls him Sun Belt Billy. You call him something else. You 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 make fun of his hairstyle. No, no, it's worse than that. We call him Amish. I but know. I love the Amish people. Well, the I love the I love shoe fly pie, and uh, I think they're incredible at smoking chicken too. If I'm going to have somebody make a chair, I would like it to be an Amish person. Well, and they smoke chicken with the best. And I can say this because where I'm from in Pennsylvania is almost equidistant from Philadelphia to Lancaster. To give an idea yeah. of, and 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 those folks come up on weekends and sell. Uh, to the gringos up there, uh, all their food. And they're very good at smoking chicken. Matt Dixon. Um, very good at birding, too, Tony. I was birding with some Amish people this spring. John's an avid bird watcher, along with my friend Jim Burns. I'll be up around Cape May in a few weeks, Sean, which is a bird watching paradise in the fall. Not in the I'm summer, thinking but... about going there next spring. I'm really? At, uh, yeah, you ought to go. Hotels. You ought to go. It's beautiful there. Kind of pricey. Uh, everything there is pricey. Try putting a kid through uh, four years of school up there. Um, it's double the price of everything here. In the West, the media there today is going to pick whom, John? In in the West? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, that's a tough one. I think it'll be really close between Alabama and LSU, and I think just because of image and because there are a lot of Alabama media types at this event, Alabama could will get the nod. Uh, I think it's, uh, to me, pretty obvious right now LSU is better. Uh, the, the game's at Bama, though. The game's at Bama. I mean, that's that's the, the – an educated yeah, guess would be, know. you know, Alabama will hold serve in their building until we they, see otherwise. Yeah. That's an educated yeah, look, guess. Look at the quarterbacks. Oh, I, I, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I, I, I think that Alabama this year, there's a graphic that they love putting up, that there are three guys that have lost two games to Nick Saban or only beaten him more than twice. And the coach at Tennessee this year has a chance to make it four. That's, that's the reality. Time and Brian Kelly does as well. When was the last time Bama lost at home? I think it was the LSU game in, was it 2019? I think that's right, Brian. Because they went undefeated during the COVID year. It was they an won incredible football game. 21. I, I don't think they lost. They didn't lose a home game last year. 2019 game. I don't game. think they lost a home game. 2019 game was amazing. So, yeah, but I, I, if you look at those rosters, I mean, kind of under the radar, but, but LSU added an all-Pac-12 linebacker. To go with Harold Perkins and Greg Penn is also pretty good. Uh, you, you look at star power, Alabama doesn't have a receiver as good as Malik Neighbors. 
But you know what Alabama has? And this is where the media is. They've got the head coach that everybody's afraid of. And the way you know somebody's run is running out of steam is when they start getting beat on their home field. And there will be three solid opportunities for that to happen this year. And if Alabama goes 3-0 and in those games and they win 11, hey, more power to you. But the Texas game is going to be very difficult early on because they don't have a quarterback yet. They will not at that point, no matter who their quarterback is, they will not have a tested, proven, somebody they know that can function in a close game for them, no matter who it is. Then you get to the LSU game, which is a or the Tennessee game, which will be, despite what they want to think, because Sean just said something off the air that's very true, which is Tennessee under Josh Heupel is a problem for everybody that they appear on the schedule, and that includes Georgia. They're a problem. This is this is not, and I'm not knocking, but Gitmo's not walking back through that door. The, the whole concept of i got to win, score 24 points, and I beat you. Let me do this. Hour number two is here. I'm going to get some calls in. No break. Just a live, just keeping it live and local. Live, local, legal, large. Let's keep the conversation going. 865-200-5402. So you think it'll be, John, the media today. Bama, LSU, who's third? Uh, it will probably be a toss-up between uh, Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I'd go with Texas A&M. Ole Miss has got a lot of offensive firepower. Not the best receiving cords had, but a, a solid one. Great running back. I think Jackson Dart will end up holding his job at quarterback. And uh, good offensive line. It'll run the ball. Uh, so, But A&M, to me, that that was an aberration last year. And... and Jim Bob Fisher's not been as good as anybody thought he would be there, but he still almost got the team in the playoff a couple of years ago. And I just think he'll do. I think Bobby Petrino is really going to help the offense. I don't know how things will work between Petrino and Jimbo. I'm looking forward to that. You know, those are, you're dealing with feisty guys, big egos, and they're used to being in control. But Jimbo's not going to be t- be able to go in there and second guess what the play that uh, Bobby Petrino just got. Bobby Petrino just throw the headset down and take off. He doesn't need the money. To the, phone, to the phones we go. TLD Logistics phone lines online, tldlogistics.com. Hello and welcome in. Hey, what's going on, Tony? It's Hoosier Ball Ryan. Hoosier Ball, what's up, brother? Welcome in. You're on with John Adams. Matt Dixon's in and out right now. Like a borderline catatonic state, and Brian Hartman's here. <laughs> this question is primarily for John because he, uh, of his expertise in the industry of journalism, you know, John, um, and everyone feel free to chime in as well. But, John, it, it's so obvious when I read a guy like Dan Wolken and um, up at the Indy Star, I used to read a guy named uh, Greg Doyle a lot, but I quit doing it because. It was always a social issue or a political piece, and like in the last sentence, they somehow tied sports into it. Is that more common now, or has there always been guys in your industry that if you if they could, they would be like at the White House doing like press secretary stuff, but they happen to be covering college football, so they just write about it. Because when I read Wolken and Greg Doyle and 
I'm like, do you guys, do you even like sports? Like, why are you doing this? What's the point? Well, um, I think there's probably more of that, and I think sometimes it comes from above where editors like seeing that kind of stuff. They don't mind. I, I, I look at it completely different. I look at it as a, as a columnist, as a sports columnist. I'm in the entertainment business. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I might have a throwaway line about politicians sometimes. It may or may not get it in print. But uh, for the most part, I just stay away from that. I don't think that's my job. I don't think people go to the sports page looking for social commentary. Uh, we no. get it. We're inundated with that. We're inundated with that everywhere else. Yep. I don't like hearing it on ESPN. Yep. I don't care what these guys' political opinions are. I, not in the least. We're talking about sports. And uh, to me, sports is meant to be an escape. So when you bring these social issues into that and you just start going over and over that kind of thing, that it's just too much. Uh, so I... You know, I'm not that kind of columnist, never have been. You know, ESPN tried it. It tanked their ratings. It tanked. Yeah. Pe- people just said, you're going to do that, we're just not going to look at it. So, so and, John, you don't think there are, you don't necessarily think there are more people in sports journalism almost masquerading as a sports journalist when they really are wanting to talk about social issues and politics. You just think it's the climate we live in. Or was it always like that? People just feel more free to talk about it. No, I, I think, you know, when, certainly when I started out in this business many, many, many years ago, uh, completely different. Uh, journalism whole was much different. Um, huh. You know, to me, um, I, I just, you know, with and with columnists, maybe, you know, they feel, I think they – all this, the social media aspect of their work, and they're on Twitter, so they're tossing out, uh, tossing out opinions on everything. Uh, I looked at it completely different. I, I, I never tweet. I, I'm not, I don't like being in that world too much, but I remember when I might have said this before, but when, when Twitter first started, and, uh, you know, said, you know, you can be on Twitter and you can make these comments, and I saw what you could do, and so, Hey man, I can have some fun with this. And I would just, so, you know, there were certain names that generated, that generated interest, celebrity names. There were just a number of those kind of names that that was like, wow, that'll get people interested. So I, I would throw out celebrity, like I was covering an NCAA basketball tournament in Providence and I was leaving the airport. I mean, I'm sorry, I was in the airport. I was getting ready to board a plane and I said, I just tweeted out, Hey, uh, I think that's that's Jennifer Addison getting getting on a, on a plane there with her bag. I just saw Jennifer Addison and Jesse Smithy, our prep writer at the time. Uh, Jesse texted me immediately, said, "You saw Jennifer Addison?" I said, "No, I didn't see her, but I thought that would generate a lot of retweets <laughs> and so uh, traffic for my Twitter that's account." So and then I was then I was unfortunately I was informed that no, you can't you can't lie on Twitter. And so once I found out I could make stuff up, it just didn't have the same appeal to me anymore. Ryan, these um, these guys and gals, to some extent, are do it so much, they don't even realize they're doing it. It's like breathing to them. 
You know, I used to be like hyper political on my sports shows 20 years ago. And then it dawned on me one day, I'm, John, I'm not, I'm, I'm almost still, this is an escape. And we're here to entertain people. And nobody cares. And even if we have differing viewpoints, we're all the same. And the beauty of sport is that sport unites people across different color, races, and creeds. As long as you keep that stuff out of it and you focus on the sport. That's the beauty of the deal. All socioeconomic backgrounds, all different religious backgrounds. It gives us something in common. So why would I want to do that? Why would I want to take that? And, and that makes it kind of sacred if you stop and think about it. Why would I want to pollute it? Who cares what I think on other things? Well, just shut it's, up and it's sing just, the hits, Basilio. It's just like the old axiom. You, you don't... You, you don't want to start it. You're having a dinner party. You don't want to start a conversation about politics or religion. No, exactly. And you don't want to do a sports show about politics and religion. Unless I want to say, hey, man, you know what? God's blessed us with a great day today. And if that's religious to somebody, more power to you. I don't think that is. Well, but that's that's politics. Different. Do they, they do find their way into sports? Sometimes sure. That you can, there's things you can't we, ignore. No, no oh, question, Brian. But. Yeah. The, the guys, but well, people go looking for it. That's the point well, now. The point today is they go looking for it. Yeah. It's, and everything's um, political yeah. to them. Everything. And not everything's political, by the way. It's just not. But, well, Ryan, great, thank you. Great show, guys. Thank you. And the other thing that happens, too, with a lot of these editors that push that stuff, John, is then these guys start preening for these editors. They start performing for the editors. That's the other thing that happens. They well, perform yeah, for the people above them, or they perform for people where they can go to the same dinner party and say, hey, I saw what you did, man. You own that fan base. You put <laughs> them think... in a box. Well, I mean, dude, you're just here to write sports. I mean. Yeah, I, all the editors, none of the editors I've had had any interest in in my political opinions. Back to the phones we go, <laughs> which is a good thing. Let's go yes. back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hello, Tony. Am I on? You're on the air. Welcome in. Hey, Tony. Bill Claiborne. Um, hey, Bill. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Hey, John. Um, hey, Bill. Yeah, just real quick, wanted to jump on and let you know about an event coming up on the 29th up in La Follette. And it kind of dovetails with what you're saying about sports needing to be sort of a, a place free from divisions and political back and forth. What we're doing in La Follette, um, what well, touches part of UT sports history with Al Rotella. The great. You bow your head. <laughs> Let me say this about Al Rotella. One of the great thrills for me as a kid, and John remembers Al, um, when he used to come in from New Jersey where he lived, I had the privilege of couple times of kind of running him around town sort of being his chauffeur i got to know him a little bit and that's one of the neatest people because he coached up there right now you're going to tell me the lineage of this deal john did you know al at all one of the sweetest guys ever did you ever get a chance to be around him not much no really sweet guy and you of him yeah one of my greatest memories i was thinking about this the other day bill was sitting at a practice in the early 90s 
and sitting on a bleacher with a bunch of guys whose names I can't recall, but they were all contemporaries of our Rotella, and they were sitting there telling old Canadian Football League stories of, like, when they played back in the 50s and 60s. When, when would our Rotella have played football? Bill, you, you'd know this better than me. And he was on the 51 National Championship okay. so been in the 50s. He came coach football at 52. There you go. So it would have been these guys that were talking probably late 50s, early 60s, that kind of era. And the things they were talking about were just, I was just like a well, kid Chan, at a candy store. Chan Caldwell played for the general, and he wasn't a great player, but uh, the general liked him so much that uh, he kind of helped out LaFallon High School when uh, Caldwell came to coach up there and heard about some uh, raggedy uniforms at uh Overnight, we got some brand new orange and white uniforms uh, for the Follett High School Owls. <laughs> um, some of the fellows went up there, and apparently there were some surplus uniforms. I guess the general felt like he could help out uh, Caldwell, and uh, he went on to play at a coach at Ottawa. Chang Caldwell. There you go. That's that, I, I promise you. He was probably one of the guys there. And they were sitting there telling CFL stories, and I just love stuff like that, talking about how cold it was and the crowds and the dirt and the mud and playing it. And these kids today play on carpet and, you know, all the things that old school guys. And we didn't have face masks. And at any rate, Al Rotel, a really neat guy. So tell us about the festival that my band's going to be playing um, yeah, a, a part in that as well. We're going to do our Friday show from up there next Friday as well. Yeah, at the Pine Branch, which is uh, downtown. Uh, the festival is, is really all around where the original La Follette High School was and where the football field was, where uh, Rotella coached. Um, later, when it was moved uh, just outside of downtown, they named the football field for, for Al. Uh, so his, his legacy remains there, and it's part of it. And uh, what happened was there's a building uh, just across the street. It's actually going to be real close to where coming up for the live remote it's called the piedmont building it touches into ut history too with uh, uh jim haslam uh, but what happened with that was in 1923 uh italian immigrant domenico lobertini uh was in town and he built this hotel called the piedmont after the piemonte piedmont area of northern italy and we have found over 60 italian families uh, who came to Campbell County around 1900 to work in the coal fields. The Padroni system that they had, there was a Lu- Luigi Fugazi uh, in New York City, and uh, he helped uh, with the immigrants coming from Italy, most of them from northern Italy. They came down and found work in the coal camps of Campbell County. And so you have Lobertini, Albertini, Butterini, um, Zucchini, it goes on and on, um, and we just... When this building came up in the news last year that it's 100 years old this year, I thought, well, I knew some of this Italian history, and I thought, well, let's let's try to do something to honor this building and the Italian heritage, which nothing has really been done over the years to acknowledge this melting pot. Uh, we were able to get, I worked to get an application into the state. We're going to get a historical marker for this building. In the 50s, about the time when Al Rotella was up here coaching, and of course, being Italian himself, uh, he uh, was in the building uh, for WLAF and broadcast basketball games of all things. 
And uh, Sam Claiborne had the Fleet Oil Company, and after World War II, Jim Haslam came to work for him up there and worked a couple of years maybe and then started uh, Pilot. So there's just a lot of really interesting history that we've discovered, and the Historical Society has been working with me, and they keep unearthing more and more photos. And Miss LaFollette was Margaret Zaboni back in the day, found a photo of her, and... Um, this has just been astounding to unearth so many Italians, Pelizzaris and uh, Mondonis, and it's just, I haven't found a Basilio yet. But. Where, where, well, here's, how many Paisans are left? That's what Brian Hartman's wondering. Brian asked me how many Paisans are left. Well, the, there's a few with that name. Now, a lot of them spread out. They're going to be coming back for this festival, so they're several states away, and yes. some, some of them in neighboring counties. Uh, Lobertini is the most popular name. They uh, were very prominent in town. But what happened was, Tony, a lot of them married into families like with names like Wilson or Smith or Jones. And so you would have somebody that would have this in their heritage, but the name wouldn't indicate that. Um, there is the current police chief of Caraval is a Stagnoli, Freddie Stagnoli, uh, they changed it to Stagnolia to Americanize it, but we found the Frederick original immigrant was Frederick Stagnoli. And it, it goes into Jellico. There's a St. Boniface Catholic Church there, and it's just like walking in, in an Italian cemetery to see all the names. It's, it's really just been eye-opening, and several Zucchinis are left, Albertinis. Um, and then I started discovering, you know, my high school principal, Clifford Douglas, he was married to an Albertini. So these these connections just are mind-blowing. And uh, so we're, we're just taking the opportunity. I love history and heritage. Uh, we got the Rotella family. Who, they've been involved. They're helping with some of our events. And uh, Jamie's not going to be available, but Mike, who played, and I think he roomed with Connor Holloway when he played over there in the 70s. And... Uh, He's been involved, and his wife, Leslie, and uh, so it's a real Paisan <laughs> event, and it's it's fascinating to learn so many colorful stories where Domenico Lobertini went and fought with Garibaldi and Garibaldi's army in Italy and camped out under the... Wow. Well, Bill, when's the event? Uh, tell, tell folks when the event yeah. is. We're, we're, okay, so we're rolling here. Saturday, Saturday uh, the 29th. And it's from 1 to 9, and it's downtown La Follette. It's not a big downtown area, so um, you just come on the exit, Carol Jacksboro La Follette, exit 134 at the foot of the Cumberland Mountains, and um, come on down to our biggest little Italy in Tennessee. That's what we're calling it. It's going to be unbelievable. And I will be there to bless the festivities, literally. <laughs> and uh john do you yeah, have any I more uh, i learned more italian history than i did watch just now than i did watching all the godfather segments the opportunities and the zucchinis john just 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 keep repeating and that. there was a zamboni in there is that like the hockey thing that's spelled a little differently but i wouldn't be surprised that we would have a connection there too <laughs> Hey, Bill, if folks want more information, how do they get some? And we just put it up on the website as well. Great. Uh, just Facebook, Tallytown Festival. Tallytown Festival. Tallytown Festival. Yeah, that, now, that, a lot of people have asked me, you know, and I was curious at first, 
to know, you know, is this some sort of a negative connotation or epithet of some sort? Well, you know, I grew up knowing the, the section that was called that by the Italians that I knew. And, and I made sure I talked to them. They said, no, this is what we called it. We called it Tallytown. So it's not, uh, any type of, uh, you know, pejorative in any sense. Okay. Although in today's PC, hyper PC. So we were just talking about everybody's offended by yeah. everything. Yep. Well, you got my blessing. And, and well, the Italian American Club of Greater Mascot has me number four on the latest rankings. They got Tony Valls back at number one. Rick Russo's up there. I have bested Carmen Tagano. He's number five now. I've risen <laughs> up to number four. So you've got my blessing. Tally Tow, home of Italians. And uh, the event, once again, is not this Saturday, but next Saturday. And tell the living listener where it is one more time. It's uh, downtown La Follette. It's on the old trestle of the Southern Railway. We, we call it Depot Street. So if you come down and find Depot Street, uh, it's right across from the Piedmont uh, Hotel or Piedmont Building. And uh, we're going one to nine. And it's going to be a lot of bands. Your band is going to help kick everything yep. off. and. And we got music, we got art, we got uh, uh, the car show. We just got all kinds of wonderful exhibits and things to keep you busy. Food trucks galore, and of course uh, Italian food and wine. We're going to have wine tasting. Oh, in Trevino. I hope you have a great one, brother. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tony. Good talking to you on the TLD Logistics Hotline. We're going to come back on the other side more with John. Matt Dixon joins the fray. As he is now back from Tallytown, Matt was uh, Matt was on assignment in Tallytown. As we continue with more after this, this is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. 
She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. It's rodeo time in Murray County, the 19th annual Murray County Sheriff Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30 and the show starts at 8. As always, kids 11 and under get in free. We have free pony rides, petting zoos, face painting, balloons, and bounce houses, all in our spectacular kids' zone. We have cowboys and cowgirls from all over the United States. Fireworks show immediately after the main event bull riding. Pre-sale tickets are $15 and can be purchased at United Co-op or Columbia Farm Supply. Or at the gate, they're $20. All brought to you by Harness LLC, where we build people that move dirt. Again, the 19th Annual Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30. Show starts at 8. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Type will be on the uh, mic at 1 o'clock today. We'll be on the mic right along with him here as part of our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I look forward to taking that. And um, if you want to get in the hunt and in the mix with us today, shout out my boy Clarky over at SelectTicketService.com. If you have tickets you want to sell, uh, for anything, he's hunting. Slick ticket service. Clarky boy. Matt Dixon, speak now or forever hold your peace. Or I'm going to get John Adams to talk about his favorite memory of Cove Lake State Park up in that region where the festival's coming up, the Tallytown Festival. Yeah, I, I 
couldn't decide if I didn't have enough or too much laughing gas listening to that last. Hey, call. That, hey, I don't know where that call was. Going. Don't you drag? No, don't you drag? You come on here and drag people, you clown. Hey, Matt, you going next Saturday? That kind of came out of nowhere. When, when is it, Brian? Next Saturday. Next Saturday, Tally next Town Saturday Festival. One to nine. You going, Matt? Matt uh, Brian's uh, Matt's hazing uh, Bill Claiborne on here. That's uh, which is okay. That means we love you when we haze you. July twenty ninth, one to nine. So Matt Dixon, where are you today on Heupel's appearance? I'll tell you where I'm at. And this is an interesting thing with the Heupel era. I used to get really not nervous, but I would wince before Pruitt did these. I would be really repelled when Butch Jones did these. And I would be gritting my teeth when Dooley did them. And I think it's, in, I think it's really indicative of the era of Tennessee sports that we're in with Hypel, Because I don't feel anything about this today. It's going to be rather perfunctory. He's going to execute very well. It's going to be very easy. He's not going to make news. He's not going to say th- anything that's tremendously newsworthy, which is what this is supposed to be. He's not going to embarrass himself. The hypal era, John, a couple years in, this is his third one of these, but it almost seems too easy to be true. Do you see what I'm getting at? Versus when, Scull- when Scully would go up there or or when Tony, Butch Jones. Tony, respectful and call him by his full name, please. Not Scully. Come on. That's inappropriate. He's probably short for skull can, in case those who don't know. Brian. Brian, you didn't have to. One of my readers calls him Beldar. Good gosh, man. From the Coneheads. Good. Dixon, do you feel like I feel? Like today, it should be very (laughs) huge event. The Vols are going today. And it's almost to me like, eh, because I know well, this coach I, has it. Well, I, I scheduled dental work with Sean Sinclair today to let you know how, how much I care about SEC media days. Well, see, that's that's the thing. Josh Heupel does it on the field. That's right. He, he doesn't have to talk about it. He, he, doesn't have really to, well he doesn't have to go up there and sell his programs. Yep. All he has to do is turn and say, okay, put the highlight video up there. And there's Jalen Hyatt running through the uh, Alabama secondary with all those NFL prospects. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to tell funny stories. He doesn't have to tell you about isn't it? how hard the team works or 63 strain or nothing. None of that stuff. Brick by brick. None he, of that. He, yeah. About I don't think he's ever used the word. Is he ever used the word brick? I don't think so. He's never, I've never heard him speak did, in a slogan. Did he teach second graders how to tie shoes once, though, in a past life? You know what else I've never heard Ooh, him do? nice one. I've never heard him dismiss uh, a player either, like put put a guy down. I'm telling you, this guy's almost too good to be true. But, John, that's a really good point. Like, with a lot of these guys, they have to have some branding to them. And he's so matter-of-fact that it almost doesn't matter. He's not there to be the heavy hand. He's not there he to, does. like, lead the league like Saban. Like, that's not him. 
He just coaches football. I'll get up here and talk about my team. Any questions? They're going to ask him a bunch today about something he had no part in. Uh, they're going to ask him about should you guys have gotten punished more, and he's going to what's he going to say to that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not the NCAA. Hurt me, please. Yeah. Um, I mean, what? What is? I hope somebody asks him how much money he carries in his wallet. Usually, <laughs> you got to have some bills in there, don't you, Matt? I mean, that's for to be Tennessee's coach. Apparently, you do. Do you got to have a couple grand in there at, you, at, at all times. Do you think some of the bad guys that are out in our society were looking at that when listening to Pruitt when he said that and thinking, man? Oh, I had an opportunity. I never got close to that guy. He carried several thousand dollars around. Yeah, should have should have stuck a handgun yeah, in his ribs. Should have gotten uh, next to him. Should have gotten next to him. <laughs> I mean, think about saying that out loud. Like how silly that is. Well, what what was uh, I several thousand is yeah. all the uh, all the explanations Pruitt had is uh, all these outside factors. I mean, he's bringing up COVID. He's bringing up George George Floyd. Yeah. It, it was just so bizarre and so inappropriate. That's why he's just never will be a sympathetic figure to me. Uh, but you know what? I, I wrote today, and I'm going to see if Matt will join me in my position statement, and maybe John will as well, because, you know, we're getting ready to see our head coach do his third uh, media day. Tennessee coming off a double-digit win last year. Joe Milton's down there. Amari Thomas is down there. Jacob Warren is down there as well. Great local story. And the Vols are going to be on top this afternoon. It's going to be Tennessee Day. All day today down there. This is the this is what I'm considering the main event. In terms of Scully, Matt, I, I join me on my position statement, Matt, if you want to, or Brian. Thinking long and hard about it, I do think the Pruitt stuff is endlessly fascinating. I think the just the overall lack of whatever they lacked is highly entertaining, and Tennessee really didn't get hurt by it in retrospect. In fact, it led them to a championship-level coach somehow and a terrific regime. I don't know how that happened. I don't pretend to have all the answers. Sean Sinclair yesterday said some things are just meant to be, and perhaps that's the case. You know, John... Milling around down there in the midst of all this is um, this week was Hendon Hooker, who was paid to be down there and just kind of walk around by the Bush Beans people. And they just paid him, you know, to go up and down Radio Row, and he was interviewed by people and different people, stuck a mic, because he's Hendon Hooker, stuck a mic in his face. And he said, you know, about Pruitt, he said, I met the guy once. I'll forever be indebted to him that he brought me here. He gave me a chance when most people thought, you know, it was over for me. They were going to give me an opportunity to come in and place off so forever be indebted to them and his coaches and his regime. And, you know, without him here, he kind of saved the bacon of the deal while they burned the burn the house down. I mean, it doesn't you make know, any sense. I, Go ahead, Bri. I think most players liked Jeremy Pruitt, unlike most players did not like Butch Jones the more they got to know him. Yeah, I think Salt right. in the earth. Um, Jeremy Pruitt, I just think Pruitt is a guy, John, this is how I look at him now. I think he's a lottery winner who, at the end of the day, 
scratch those tickets. Brian Rice might have said he's a guy digging ditches. We'll go back to Brian's Twitter from last week. Who won the lottery had had and just didn't know how to handle that. Just all the all the trappings and everything that came with it, and it was just too fast and too much. And he just kind of squandered his fortune because he wasn't accept, uh, equipped to accept the riches that, that the winning ticket brought. Because really, at the end of the day, the one thing that Adam's reporting has shown is that Pruitt really had no business having that job, which isn't his fault. He's not the last. He's not the first guy. That's happened to in major college sports, and he will not be the last guy. Because there's this worship of these people that get these positions under these really talented people. You and I were talking on the phone earlier today. Pruitt thought it was going to be normal fare that he was going to have the Florida State athlete, the Georgia athlete, and the Alabama athlete when he got here. He thought that was just going big, and they developed because of him. You know he thought that. A couple years under my tutelage, when the truth is five-star, four-star, five-star, four-star, five-star, four-star, and you get here and you have a bunch of three-star guys because that's what was left to you. So here's my thing on Pruitt. By all accounts, the guy should have stayed at Saban's D.C. for life. I think we've picked on him enough, even though I just called him Skullcan. Butchie Boy and Dooley will always be uh, targets of derision on here. But I'm ready to let Scully go. Matt Dixon, will you follow me in that before I ask John Adams where he stands on Scully? Well, I've I've said for, for a while there's something kind of endearing about him that I like I I don't dislike. Like I kind of like the guy, and all this stuff that's come out is kind of further, you know, further that belief. Like there's something kind of redeeming about him to me, and that be, I think it's just because. The stereotype that he is, he fits that to a T, and he's exactly what he appears to be. And there's, I, I don't know, that, that there is something kind of unique about his personality that kind of kind of fits with with this fan base. Brian, I, uh, Brian, would go ahead, John. Go ahead. Well, yeah, he would uh, re- remain a a punching bag for me. Uh, he's a punchline. Uh, will be forever. I mean, this is a guy, he should have been arrested for, forget the NCAA violations, he should have been arrested for stealing money. This man was making 3 or $4 million a year. Uh, of course, he never should have been hired. This is a guy, because um, I've heard other people that know him tell me, he thought he was the smartest defensive coach in football. He thought he was smarter than Kirby Smart. And I had a Georgia friend, I probably told this story on here before, but when he... Uh, Jeremy Pruitt, the day he was hired, I just texted my friend who knew Georgia football inside and out. And Jeremy Pruitt was a was a uh, defensive coordinator under there Mark with Mark Richt. I think he might have challenged Mark Richt to a fist fight once late at night. Incredible. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, so anyway, so I just texted my friend and say, hey, what do you think of uh, Jeremy Pruitt? His answer was uh, concise and prophetic. He's a scandal waiting to happen. Wow. But at the end of the day, and I'm with Matt, at the end of the day, we came out of it way further ahead than we ever would have been if he wasn't here. There's a twisted... 
Yeah, but maybe Philip Fulmer would have hired a, a Josh Heupel-like coach. You, this thing would have would gone into uh, motion three years earlier than it did. There was a lot of stuff. I mean, you Tennessee fans were subjected to watching there in the first game of the season. Uh, Tennessee lose to Georgia State at Neyland Stadium by eight points, and the game wasn't even that close. That first game he had with West Virginia, that second half was one long embarrassment for a supposed defensive guru. No, I realize all that stuff. Okay. But we came out of this way further ahead. And I'm with Matt. I The more you learn about this guy, the more comical and almost a sympathetic figure, Matt, he becomes. Well, I do wish Fulmer had hired Alex Grinch. French. Or Alice Fr- Alex French. Or whatever that guy's name French. was. Hey, John, John, do you know, was French, was he an offensive or defensive coach? Do you, do you know? Have you guys it's, figured that out? He's defensive coach. Alex Grinch, the uh, coordinator at Oklahoma under Lincoln Rowe. French. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm talking about Alex French, French. the guy on oh. Homer's list. No, he he got the names wrong. He, you know, we talk about uh, Pruitt's use of the language. Uh, Philip Fulmer in those emails didn't come across as very scholarly, um, and he was, uh, yeah, he was. Alex French is uh, so a great. social media influencer. Or is that what you would call her? Is that really right? Is there somebody called Alex French out there? Oh yeah, yeah. She's oh, that's an incredible he was female coach. Well, now Alex, he, he was going to break ground. Who knew this? You was, go, Filmer. You know what was interesting? On his list, he didn't mention Mel Tucker or Kevin Steele. I don't think Alexandria French. Huh? Alexandria French. So he was. Brian's looked it up. So he was never. They call, she's called out. Uh, a shortened version is Alex. So he was never. Yeah, the, but, the the crazy thing about his list is that it was, it was insane. Somehow we ended and, up with Hypel. Somehow the program. You know what? Back. You know what's baffling to me though. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's well, it, it really gives you some insight. You're talking about we learn more about Pruitt from all this stuff. We with Fulmer, just we talked about this before, but how unaware he was. I mean, there, there's no way in the world that Randy Boyd and President Donde Plow and the Chancellor are going to let Philip Fulmer hire the next coach. And yet here we have Jeremy Pruitt on the ropes about to get the axe, and Philip Fulmer is making out a list of coaches to, that he might hire. Yeah. There's, did, he even, did he really think he was going to hire another coach? I love him. See, here, he's the guy really at the end of the day. Because the narrative around him is, well, you know, he didn't know. Well, he should have known. That's his job to when know. When you interject yourself in that job, and he of all people should have known. He was around it for 30-plus years. I mean, I think the guy that got hired. The football coach again. I, I felt like hiring a coach like Pruitt was, he thought was the best path to him being the head coach. The guy that got put hired. put himself back in there. The guy that got hired to me, I'm exonerating him. I'm moving on. I mean, yeah, I called him Skull Can. He's going always be Skull Can to me. But I, I'm, not, I'm not. Gonna, I, I'm not going to sit there and hold him and hold animosity toward him. I'm not, because at the end of the day, 
he should never should have been there. He shouldn't have been within 100 miles of it. And any of us would have taken that job, any of us, whether we were ready for it or not. It's a lottery ticket. Hey, who's not going to go cash in the winning lottery ticket, even though it's going to ruin your life in a lot of cases? Right, John? That is true. Oh, yeah. If you win the lottery, uh, the best thing you can go is do is inner witness protection. You need to just disappear. Yes. Or go hire a certified public accountant or a money manager that just gives you an allowance. Because most people have are going to go crazy. Fund, but, That's right. But you're going to have people you've never heard of before are going to be want to be your buddy. That's there right. are countless stories of lottery winners whose life was forever changed for the worse. I still wanted a shot at that billion dollars. Hey, Tony, what are you doing over there? I'm getting ready for the press conference. Thank you. Oh, okay. Doing, wearing like six hats. Anthony's helping me out here. Uh, 865-200-5402. If you want to join. I'm letting the Pruitt thing go, though, personally. Now, I love the Adam Spark stuff. I think the inside, inside... Adams went here a couple days ago, John. That's old school college football being put to bed. Because you're not going to see that anymore. Everything's legal now. It's all yeah, so quaint. Right. It's all so quaint and fun. And there's a quaintness about it. There's a romance about um, there, I don't know. It, it's just but, the, that whole era is gone now. So, you know what? I, I predict you will do. You're saying you're, you're leaving uh, Beldar behind and yes. moving on. Yes. And you're very sympathetic to him. Yes. I think you will repeatedly bring him up and say you're leaving him behind and then talk about it. Well, I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm declaring a moratorium on him. I mean, I called him Skullcan. But what I'm saying is we're not going to – well, I can't declare this either. I wasn't saying we're not going to have a <laughs> – Thank you. Like I rest my case. Chance. No. He will be <laughs> back many times. Well – yeah, he'll be back. Only, you think about him on the sidelines. Only that. because of he, humor. He's going to be hanging out with Buzz and Jerry Green and Lore. When he, he looked like. He's always a punchline. When he looked like Cletus did Syria when he had that mask thing over his head. I mean, Love that was that a, mask. the greatest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. And that's probably a politically incorrect way of putting it, the way I just put it. But hello and welcome. It, it was like I almost stopped there for a second that. I was re-watching Lawrence of Arabia. I mean. And, yeah. and they're about to launch an attack on Shot camels. in Tuscaloosa. Hello and welcome into our next well, call. The, the funny thing about that is he actually took COVID, like, really serious behind the scenes, like, with all that stuff. Like, all the protocol. <laughs> but he, took but he all wore his really mask on top of his head. Then, he and was, then showed up looking like that to a game. Hello and, he he hello, didn't know how to wear a mask. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony, Martin Ball, how you doing? Hey, Martin Ball, this is how we move on, Martin Ball, around here. Well, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt didn't know how to wear a dress in the dark most of the time, it looked like. I mean, nothing ever actually respected that part about him. I love you him. Know, he, his, his pants are about eight times, you know. I'm so for him. I, I'm so, let me tell you this. I would tend to one rather sit down and drink an adult beverage with him over the previous two coaches that had a job before him any day of the week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. I, you know, the, the one thing I just wanted to add to the conversation and yeah. I've got stuff coming up is, you know, you bring up an, how we got here, you know, and obviously the NCAA change needs help, but I just can't, I keep going back to we just had to blow it up at some point and get past the whole Fulmer rift. 
the whole major right. drift. And, and God love everybody, but we just had to move on and take what is and get down to the, to, to the root of all this. And really, Focus this fan base and the, and the folks that are behind it and everything from the infrastructure of the University of Tennessee that New blood. existed before, we needed it, but, and they could build off of that. And to me, that has been how uh, we turn around so fast. Yeah, we had to get a little bit Bruce Pearl lucky. There's no doubt, yep. but I just feel that we were never going to get back to where we were going to get to until both those factions went their separate ways and we said, hey, we're going to get a guy, Danny White, who's, you know, hey, he's Dr. Danny and a little odd, but, you know, he's a different fellow. And, and, and look, Randy Boyd, John Thompson, that crew, Donna, that was huge. But it was the new blood. And um, I kind of think you saw that coming uh, a lot. So, anyways, I just wanted to offer that up. That, no, that's no, I didn't see any of this coming. But thank well, you. Well, I thought you saw the new blood meeting. But, but yeah. But well, no, you, you definitely needed to try something. What you were doing was not working. That whole right. thing of going back to Fulmer, you talk about a colossal disaster. A guy that was being, if I was to tell you the way Don De Plowman and those people used to laugh at him behind his back mm. and some of the other coaches on campus, but I'm not even going to go there because it's not necessary. Yeah. Well, hey, great job, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Great talking to you. And today you got a guy that's going to rock the mic here in about 10 minutes who we're not going to wince when he's talking. None of us are going to sit there and go, what's he going to say? And like John said, he doesn't have to say anything. He could literally go up there, read the depth chart, be bored to death by this thing today, mail it in, and we would say, damn straight, because he's the funnest coach in America. Because really, what really matters is what you do on the field. What John said there a few seconds ago, and I keep, I keep uh, blowing smoke up his skirt, but that's exactly right. The guy's at offense is going to average 40 points a game under Joe Milton, and if it doesn't, he's going to put the other quarterback in there, and we're going to see the young kid play. That's what we know, John, right? And they're going to be feared by everybody they get in a squared circle with. It's going to be afraid of them, everybody. Yeah, this they don't know what to do about this offense. No. Now, now Georgia knows what to do because it's got an NFL defense. Yes. And Georgia is, but Georgia's the exception. When you look at that Alabama game, it's not like an, Alabama still was only a couple of points away from making a college football playoff. It's not like it fell off the football map. And Alabama's defense was loaded with NFL draft picks. And it was totally at a loss. Those guys were struggling to line up and, and decide which, which receiver's going where. Uh, Jalen Hyatt's running wild through their secondary. Unreal. It's it's the system, and and he's very creative with this, and he's going to keep getting better players. And see, I wondered after the first season when he went seven and six, that to me was even more remarkable. When he got he gets ten starters transfer, he's got a depleted roster. He comes in here with a very ordinary group of offensive players. I thought turns out some were much better than i realized in his once he was they were in his system but he averaged almost 40 points per game with that team i think he will never have less talent than that he'll always have more and he averaged almost 40 points a game in freaking credible and so what i don't see and i wondered between the first and second te- season 
all of a sudden people start looking at Tennessee and, hey, we got to figure this thing out. Well, they had a year to do it, but uh, I don't think Missouri figured it out, and I don't think Kentucky and Mark Stoops as a defensive guy figured it out. Um, I don't think uh, hardly anybody figured it out except Georgia, which can um, put a bunch of future NFL guys out there, but Alabama had NFL-type guys too, and it struggled against this offense. So it's not a, you know, it's not a fluke. It's not going away. Yep. It's based yep. on really sound principles where you spread the field, yep. and you hurry everything up, and you're forcing defensive players to make very fast decisions on the fly. Just uh, getting lined up against this offense is a problem sometimes. Josh Heupel's going to rock the mic like he's on Soul Train here in a few minutes over at tclub.team. John Adams is here, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. I've got a few minutes to spend with you. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. It's Polly. Polly, welcome in. Got a couple questions for John. Yep, hit it. If you don't mind. Hey, John, uh, the way, you know, I'm a big fan of Titans Bill. Oh, I am too. Yeah. He's an artist. The way he came out and demanded apology from Vino, um, do you think it would be acceptable for us to demand apology for the Nature Boy Rick Flair's family and Dolly Parton's family, the way Titan Phil had attacked him, them? He came on here and broke news of the Nature Boy Rick Flair's passing, John, about a year and a half ago when he was very much alive. It was an unfortunate day for Titan Phil. If he was at the AJC, he would have been terminated as a caller, but he got to keep his standing and stay in good standing as a caller and then dolly parton he what did he say about dolly parton because that was one of his most unfortunate takes it was he, he said that she just does that stuff when the camera's around he well, wrecked her and she's a tennessee legend of the soil a beautiful lady well, inside and out i, I know i again and, and you know i think the world of titans bill and i think he's uh uh, Tony just he's an artist. Yep. And he does his thing in a way like nobody else does it. But on the co- the reason he can get away with comments like that and nobody else could, it's the same way Philip Fulmer could do what he did as an AD and not get punished. How did you because tie that back to Fulmer? You're just like you're just like this guy with Rick Barnes. Are you gonna blame he's Barnes? Lot, Let me he's finish, a lot like Tony. Charles Barkley. Go ahead, go ahead, John. Well, they, Dondi Plowman and the Chancellor and Randy Boyd, the presidents, they said, this guy's not an AD. We can't hold him responsible for not having a clue what was going on. He's just some old football coach. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville. With a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.